Hey everyone, welcome to Lauren.Live. Thanks for joining us today. Today I have D. Neil Elliott on. How are you doing? I am doing very well, thank you, and I'm very excited about being here today. Neil is joining us from around the Vancouver area. He's our first Canadian guest, so that's fun, our, our neighbor. <laughs> um, and he is an author, and um, he is the author of A Higher Road, which we're going to get into his book. We'll, we'll talk about that in a few minutes, but um, before we do, could you just give a little background on who you are? Um, you know, we'll dive into this today, but you talk about... Um, spiritual, you know, consciousness and cleansing and dropping the ego. I know there's a lot more to it, but just to give people kind of just a brief context of who we're talking to today, but I would love if you could just give a quick background on who you are and how you found yourself in the spiritual world and how you, you know, decided to write a book. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, <clears throat> I'm 61 years old. I'm, uh, uh, you know, I live in Canada and, um, three children, five grandchildren who are all Texans. And um, the oldest just graduated from boot camp as a Marine just on December 3rd. <laughs> so, um, and uh, I'm a professional engineer with an MBA and I've worked in the hydroelectric industry predominantly for over 30 years. Um, and I've managed large projects from, you know, a few hundred thousand dollars to a hundred million dollars. Uh, depends on, you know, kind of what the client's looking for. Um, how I got into the spiritual world. So in the nineties, I had started to pick up books that we've all read, you know, by Dr. Wayne Dyer, Napoleon Hill, Tony Robbins, Carolyn Mice, you know, all of those kinds of books. And I was trying to change how I thought because I had kind of a negative attitude, negative uh, opinion of uh, circumstances. And, um, and I tried that, I uh, couldn't make anything really stick or work. And then I got, um, you know, kind of encased, uh, enveloped in work and my reading moved into, into the 2000s, my reading moved into more entertaining novels, murder mysteries and stuff like that. Um, then, over the course of time, I went into this deep depression. I'll talk a little bit more, more of that, but I went into this deep depression and ended up crafting a suicide note. Mm. And just prior to that, I had started to pick up books again, newly issued books um, around uh, regarding spirituality. And again, taking another approach at that. And all good stuff in all of those books and all processes, but I couldn't make any of them actually work for me. Um, then I came across some material that we'll talk about. Um, and that's what started me. That's what launched me into a spiritual process. And we'll, we'll talk more about that as we talk about the book. Sure. Wow. Thank you. I've had a few guests. We've talked about different things. It seems as though a lot of people have a spiritual awakening when they go through, you know, dark night or as it's called, you know, um, ego deaths, dark night of the souls, you know, suicide or depression thoughts, things like that really shake you up. So yeah, if you wouldn't mind kind of just sharing a little bit more about you started to go through that and then what kind of got you through, I guess, just to give others inspiration. Cause of course there's so many people dealing with anxiety, depression and, and other things right now and always. 
Yeah. So um, let me talk a little bit about the book and the structure okay, of the book sure. yeah. and um, and uh, why I wrote the book. Okay. And um, and I'll get into that as we Perfect. discuss it. So uh, the the book is structured. So my recommended way to read this book is read it from cover to cover and understand the process in its entirety. And when you've completed the book, you can decide whether or not the seven steps I offer is something that makes sense to you and is going to work for you. And if it does, great, you can go back and either start with some of the scientific readings that I recommend people read and get familiar with, or start directly with step one. And um, if it doesn't work for you, then I ask you, please pass it on to somebody else. And and the reason for that is because you can never judge the inner reality of another person. Someone that's, you know, comes across a very affable and kind and generous uh, internally may be a mess. Mm. And uh, we are all actors in our environment and we all put our best foot forward. And so and we all know that we can hide all kinds of things from other people. Sure. So um, the first part of my book is a... Uh, uh, just give the structure of the book. That's uh, part one and uh, tells you what you're going to be introduced to. The second part of the book is a memoir. It's my short history of my life and how each of us create our every tomorrows, every circumstance, everything that comes into our life. And the reason I've put this memoir in there and I've gone into, I'm a private person. I don't usually share stuff, but I thought it was important to put it in this book because people hopefully will be able to relate to it and then actually understand the dynamics of what we think and what we feel and how that creates everything that comes into our life. And that got me and I explained how I got to that point of suicide in the deep depression. So anxiety, phobias, deep depression that creeps on very slowly. And, um, and then got me to this point. We had made a bunch of decisions in life that, um, you know, my wife was totally good with and she was happy. She's kind of see, I used to say she sees life through rose colored glasses. <laughs> I now understand. No, no. She sees life the way I see life now. <laughs> Perhaps <laughs> I even see it in a slightly different way than she does, but um, I no longer judge, demean, sure. you know, denigrate anybody. So, um, I got to this point of um, right crafting a suicide note. My wife had gone to visit some friends in uh, across Canada and Toronto or relatives, I should say. And um, I sat down and crafted this suicide note. But a week prior to that, I had come across some information um, or actually I think it found me and um, I read it and it promised to liberate me from my thinking. And so being an engineer, um, you know, I said, okay, well, I crafted my suicide note and I thought I can always commit suicide, but this new information that I received promised to liberate me. And if I studied it and it worked great, and if it didn't, then, you know, I can always do the final act. I had this little nagging Christian doubt. I'm not, I'm more of an agnostic than I would be religious, but the religious teaching I had was, you know, if you commit sins, you go to hell. And if you commit suicide, you're going to go there. And anyway, so I had this nagging doubt. Um, anyway, so I study this information, this um, material. And a year later, 
I was completely transformed consciously. My attitude towards life, I loved life, I wanted to live. Um, I wanted to grow spiritually and awaken. I, uh, my depression was completely gone. And, uh, and I understood the dynamics of, of how and why we're created and how we create our every tomorrow. And the material that I'm going to talk about is, um, you know, has a, some fundamental teachings of scientific information that we know and is tangible. And so for me as an engineer, I needed things that I could, you know, that made sense to me. And these teachings bridge this gap between spirituality and science. And by having that kind of tangible piece of science, I could believe it in a way that enabled me to go through this spiritual awakening. And then the, and I share some excerpts of that in the book as well. And then in the final chapter, I share my experience as I go through the seven steps I offer people to transform their lives. Um, wow. Well, okay. Thank you for sharing. Cause I know, like you said, you're kind of a private person and to, to come on shows like this and share, it does take courage. So I really do applaud you for that because like you said, including in your book, you just never know who you could touch and who you could help. So thank you. Um, and I'm really glad that you found that information and that it shifted your life. Very, very happy for you and your life and your family. That's amazing. And I'm glad that you're here <laughs> and that you made a decision to, to start loving life and looking at it in a different way. So let's just first say that because that is such a happy success, um, full story. And um, I, I like this topic and I've been thinking about this because I'm, I'm very woo-woo, I always say, right? Like I'm all about the like woo-woo spiritual like give it all to me but I know not everybody is so I think it is cool and important to talk about that stuff too the scientific we are human after all we're here we like facts we like stories to be tied up in a bow we want to know and even though I am very woo-woo I still seek signs and things to validate am I sure that's really like that because I don't want to feel like I'm not sure you know so we all do need that um, as humans here on earth. So I'm curious, um, if you're willing, unless it's something, you know, you'd rather have people just read in the book, but what was some of that information that you really kind of sparked your interest and, um, and then also, yeah, I'd love for you to expand on the, whenever you're ready, the, uh, kind of the scientific, how can you not prove, but like what made you feel like, okay, as this like engineer mindset, kind of a person, like what, what kind of scientific factual stuff kind of intertwines with consciousness and, and all of that. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just getting grab a drink of water. Sure. <clears throat> That's a great question. So I will expand on that. So, um, after I read this material and I had this transformation, I wanted to kind of stand on the rooftops and share it with everybody. And um, I thought, okay, well, you know, I'm going to look, be looked at like a nutcase. So it took me a couple of years to figure out the best way to do this is to write a book to share it. And so uh, this 
chapter that I have that speaks to science and consciousness, the first thing we want to do is, you know, kind of get people, we want to get everybody on the same page, or at least I want to get everybody on the same page. So this first chapter is really around my new concept of consciousness. And then I go into scientific material that has research that backs that up, which is tangible for people. And so I used to think that everything that I thought was in this kind of warehouse size brain, and I say warehouse size brain, because whenever I think of a brain and, and the amount of information could be stored, I think of the where the um, warehouse at the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark, <laughs> you know, like just <laughs> huge where you can't see the end of it. Yeah. Um, my concept of consciousness now is actually even going to be a little different later on in this talk, but my con- my concept of consciousness is really that it is not only within us, but it's all outside of us. And everything that comes into my brain is not necessarily from me. Uh, it's kind of going by on a stream and I choose the things that I want to focus on or think about. And I'll take a thought and I'll look at it and I'll examine it and I'll say, oh, I like that one. You know, it's a negative thought I like or it's something that I, you know, positive thought I like and I'll keep it. Other ones I'll just reject and throw back. And we do that in a nanosecond. Mm-hmm. And um, so what, what I talk about is I get everybody that reads this book onto the same page of consciousness and an understanding and how we voluntarily pollute our streams of consciousness Mm -hmm. and our thinking. And um, then we'll move into uh, a discussion on mind and memes and how memes, uh, which are, you know, even more prolific these days with the internet Mm -hmm. and uh, all the various social media things, how that affects how we think individually and then things that we think collectively. And um, so we talk about that. And the one thing that was really important for me to grasp when I was doing all of this was to actually understand that everything that we think is just a belief. Mm -hmm. You know, things that we think are right or wrong or true or false is really just a belief. And it's only a perspective. And so we talk about how, you know, we adopt that as children and, um, you know, we choose things and then we reinforce them over our lifetime. Uh, The next thing that we talk about in the book is really around mind and cells and how science has now proven that the what we think and what we feel changes the expression of a cell. So a cell expression of a cell is the work that it does. And so if you think about the body you know, there's, um, you know, sperm fertilizes the ovum. There's one cell divides into two, divides into forks. And, you know, the intricate work of the body is built. We know in science these days that uh, every cell has the knowledge of the entire body in that one cell. The only difference between cells is the work it does. And they never intrude on the work of another group of cells. So there's more harmony in our cells than we display as humans. You know, if you're working on a common project, there's typically dissent and different opinions, and we have to go through a whole conversation about how to do that. Cells never do that. When they're making a liver, they don't suddenly spring into making an ear. So, (laughs) you know, there's lots of harmony there. And um, the next thing that we talk about in the book is really around the mind and the brain and the research that's been done around neuroplasty and uh, how people have managed through their thinking to restructure and grow new brain cells 
that have, um, you know, positively affected their life or whatever, you know, kind of brain damage that they've had. The, then um, we shift into this uh, concept or conversation around near-death experiences. And what I do is I, is I share a near-death experience in the book that stretched my understanding of consciousness. And so to get this common understanding, you know, I kind of, um, I offer people this to read uh, and I suggest they read that author's book. And what it does is, you know, she came back, this is a woman who experienced a very aggressive cancer over a four year period. Her body was riddled with cancer and she was taken to the hospital in a coma. And uh, upon admitting, uh, the admitting doctors told her husband she wouldn't make it through the night. Uh, 24 hours later, she woke up and she declared she'd be okay. And two weeks later, they couldn't find a trace of cancer in her body. And so this is all documented scientific medical evidence that they cannot explain. And what's important about that is her description and the messages she came back while she was, you know, from her experience in the coma. She came back with things like, we come from love and we return to love. And when you pass away, it's total unconditional love, no matter what you've done. Um, That she felt like she expanded into everything, be part of everything, Uh, whether it was a rock or a tree or, you know, another planet. She felt like she was part of everything in the universe. And so this description that she provides helps people. They might not understand it, but they get a, a different perspective of what consciousness really is then in the next part of the book i discuss this blueprint document and i don't share the name of this blueprint document because people need to come to this information like a little child they need to be open and curious and non-judgmental and if they can do that then what they can do is they can go through the process of understanding this information decide whether it works for them in the end they go through this process and if they can grasp onto it and understand it, I can tell you, you can change your life. And, you know, I'm proof of that transformation. Mm-hmm. Like I said, a, a year later, depression, totally gone, no drugs, nothing else, wow. just following this process. And um, this information that's provided really bridges this gap between spirituality and science. And it does that by utilizing science and things that we know today that we didn't know a hundred years ago or two years ago. For example, at a subatomic level, we all know that we are just energy. Mm-hmm. Um, everything, things that we think are solid, really there's more space in us than there is solid matter. And <clears throat> so this information goes through a process, a very logical kind of lays the foundation and builds this foundation and describes scientifically how we, um, how the universe was created, what was before the big bang, the um, impetus for the big bang, and then um, how creation came about and manifestation comes about. And, um, And then, you know, there's some repetitive stuff in it, but it's repeated in a different way. And it does that on purpose so that you actually get information relayed to you in different messages. Because sometimes, you know, if you say something one way 
people, some people will not understand it. You say the exact same thing, but you say it slightly differently. (laughs) Those people that didn't understand this way will understand it. And I didn't find it repetitive at all, but um, uh, I found it to be very good and very enlightening. And um, so I followed the process and the process I followed uh, you know, it took a while. This stuff happens slowly. It doesn't happen overnight. There's no immediate gratification, but the very fact that I understood. So for example, so let's talk a little bit about this. You know, I'm going to say that, um, for the first reading in my book, the differences in these things aren't going to matter to you. Mm-hmm. When you start the seven steps, if you choose to do that, then you will start to understand these differences. But so I'm going to use some language here that may be used commonly might have a slightly different meaning. Okay. All right. So, and when I say divine, let's just make the assumption that divine is whatever you want to call it, whether you want to call it God or Allah or Yahweh, you know, the Tao, (laughs) the divine, it's, it's, it's it. So, um, universal. So, the, so before, the big bang was universal consciousness and it is in silence and stillness and equilibrium and it's basic impulses. And you'll understand all of this if you follow those seven steps, but it's, it's basic, some basic impulses that are locked in an embrace and it universal consciousness was split into divine consciousness at the time of the big bang. Mm. And that's when electromagnetism came into being. Mm. And electromagnetism is actually these basic impulses which were torn apart at the time of the Big Bang. And electromagnetism is the mechanism by which material form comes into being. So, you know, the question from a scientific perspective is, well, when did consciousness first creep into living matter? Mm. And... Um, so if you think about a cell, you know, a cell is this, you know, kind of unique living organism, which has a permeable membrane Mm -hmm. and that permeable membrane, uh, lets in the right nutrition. Um, and, uh, the cell can discern when there's waste and be able to get rid of that waste. That's a conscious act to be able to say, I want that kind of, um, nutrition and now i have waste that i want to get rid of okay so if you can conceptually understand that consciousness is in a cell then the question is well if it was in the cell could it be in the living molecules that created a cell Mm. science believes you know kind of electromagnetism just is Um, they randomly got together and formed some elements. Those elements randomly got together and formed a living molecule. Those living molecules randomly got together and formed a living cell. Mm. And now we have the first living cell. So if it's in the living mole, if it's in the cell and you can make the leap that it'd be in the living molecules that got together under purpose, to actually form a living cell or a living molecule or cell, then why not in the elements that formed the living the uh, living molecule? And if it's in the elements that form the living molecule, why not in the energy that created the first elements? There is, 
you know, cells are repeated in billions and billions and billions of forms consistently throughout our world. Mm -hmm. This is not a random act. (laughs) This is consciousness. And so universal consciousness split into divine consciousness and then uh, materialized form. And we get materialized form through the descent of vibrational um, the the descent of electrical vibrations at a lower level, uh, lower frequency that forms uh, materialized form. Wow. Before you go on, I'm sorry to interrupt <laughs> you. This is fascinating and I, I want to keep going, but I actually have thought about this so many times, right? Like, what about before the Big Bang? Like, no science can really ever just explain it. They always just say like the big bang and this started, it's random. And I'm like, how can it be random? There's gotta be like purpose. Right. But, um, what do you mean when you say, um, can you kind of explain what you mean when it, you say universal consciousness going into divine consciousness? What, what does that mean? So, um, so universal consciousness is in silence and equilibrium. Science will never be able to, they cannot, you know, scientists, we, we like to measure things. We like to observe things. We like to calculate things, Mm -hmm. things that are in silence and equilibrium. So equilibrium, um, you can get a sense of equilibrium if you put your hands together Mm -hmm. and then you try and separate them with all your might, but keep them tight on one another. So, right. So that would give you a sense of what equilibrium means. Um, So there's this enormous power built up in universal consciousness and energy that we have no capability to even imagine. And it is um, in this uh, state of silence and equilibrium. And these, there's some basic impulses and I won't get into those impulses. This you need to read. (laughs) So there's some basic impulses that were torn apart. Mm. And so the impetus is, um, you know, uh, universal consciousness wanted to experience itself in order to do that. It needs to create. Mm -hmm. And so what it, so what it did was it created divine consciousness. So there's this momentary blast of an immense amount of energy Mm -hmm. that split a part of that universal consciousness Mm -hmm. into this divine consciousness and divine consciousness was these, it took billions of years and there's these, um, lost particle impulses now throughout the universe but and these impulses are you know the the um uh to plan and create that's movement and then to um bring that movement under control and experience itself to create form so this is electromagnetism so electricity is movement of particles or movement of waves and um and purpose is to actually bind that through the act of magnetism bonding or rejection to create materialized form Mm -hmm. so divine consciousness so universal consciousness is in silence and stillness for those who think of and it's in space it's space around us and it's space in us so we talked earlier about we're all just energy Mm -hmm. and so universal consciousness is in silence and stillness and for those who think of atoms Mm -hmm. you can think of it as the space in the atom Mm -hmm. um it just is divine con you can't really describe it it's just it 
conscious. Like it just, it is, it just, it's there. It, it is consciousness. Is. So consciousness and awareness, you cannot split. Like it's just always if you, in there and always is there, always will be there. And then it had this like somehow like awareness or like energy to want to experience itself, which I've heard this, you know, from many others too, but I've never broken it down. So thank you for doing that. Let me, and I'm going to keep this uh, kind of light because people need to actually read this, understand it and meditate on it to actually internalize this information. So uh, first I want to address that you cannot separate consciousness and awareness. Consciousness is awareness and awareness is consciousness. You can't have consciousness without awareness. So first off, so um, universal consciousness wanted to experience itself. So it is, like you say, it's there um, before anything else. And then it wanted to experience itself and it wanted to do that in a way which it had no plan for it other than it knew it needed to create, um, you know, what got created. And then the plan for that came, you know, as the billions of years. So through evolution. Uh, so divine consciousness is in this uh, state of both silence and stillness. And it's also in a state of activity through electromagnetism. And all of this is fully described and really, truly, you need to be able to understand it in the um, format that it's given and provided and meditate and pray on it. And uh, that enlightenment will come slowly. So as you, so in, in the seven steps, you'll learn a uh, meditation technique for doing this. And, uh, you know, there's many paths to spiritual awakening. And so, you know, if you speak to a hundred people, I'm just going to step outside that question for a minute. So you speak to a hundred people and, you know, you say, give a message in one way it might hit, might land with 15 to 20 people. You say the same message in a different way and it lands with another, you know, five to 10 people, etc. So there's many paths to spiritual awakening. This one makes sense to me because because of the scientific information, which then makes me feel comfortable with making this leap. The process in it um, will take you from a state of learning to a state of spiritual awakening. As, and as you go through this process, the important thing is that you do not doubt. If you doubt, you will create barriers to understanding and to learning, and it may wipe out everything that you learn. So if you're going, when you're going through this process and you're reading new information, that's going to stretch you. You need to be able to just keep it in abeyance and um, use that positive affirmations, whatever you're using, not to dwell on it. So we think with electrical impulses in our brain and we feel with magnetic impulses in our nervous system. The electrical impulses is the plan to go out and create. The magnetic impulses is the thing which brings the uh, consciousness plan into formation uh, for us to be able to um, create materialized form and experience it. Everything we think and feel, we will create blueprints of our future experiences, events, and things that come into our life. And uh, in my book, I describe how I unknowingly and unwittingly manifested a $60,000 Lexus convertible 
<laughs> and when I actually understood how all of this works, I explained exactly how the link between these blueprints I created and actually manifesting the this Alexis convertible. So it's a hundred dollar lottery ticket. Um, boom, $60,000 Lexus convertible a year later. Wow. Had no idea how I was doing that, but now I can explain it scientifically how that happens. Mm-hmm. You understand this information, you will be able to do this too. And you'll be able to look at everything that comes into your life and understand how and why it came into your life. You're going to do things today. You're going to think and dwell on things today and have feelings about that it's going to create these blueprints and those blueprints may magnetize to themselves things that come into your life fairly quickly over a day a week a month might be a few years could be 10 20 years could be next lifetime and we so your soul is a is a fragment of divine consciousness it is perfect it comes from love it returns to love and it is bound by the ego Your ego only has two mechanisms to get what it wants. It either bonds with everything it likes. I like ice cream. I like that person. I like that event. I want more of that. I want another house. I want another car. And it rejects things uh, for safety and security. It rejects things that it doesn't want. So I don't like that person. I don't like that event. I don't want to go there. I don't like that kind of food, those kinds of things. Those are the only things. So your soul is always prompting the ego to get back to where it came from, which is unconditional love. But your ego only has the mechanisms in this materialized form to use electromagnetism to create these blueprints to get what you want. Mm -hmm. And until you wake up to that fact, and until you understand these mechanisms, at least for me, until I understood how all of this actually works, I did, I had no concept of what I was doing to myself. So it's um, only through lessons of suffering does the journeying soul gain self-knowledge to be able to retain individuality after discarding the ego. And so when you understand these mechanisms and you understand how and why you are doing what you're doing to yourself, you will have the opportunity to actually go through a process to cleanse yourself of all the things that are creating these negative things that what you consider to be negative in your life and, um, and start to then go through a process to rebuild your consciousness, to be consistent with the source of our being with God, with whatever you want to call it. And when you do that and you understand what those golden qualities of divine consciousness are, and you start build, rebuilding yourself, you will start to have a spiritual awakening. So for me, as I went through that process, I'm not feeling anything. I'm just, I'm going through the process. I'm doing the, you'd be taught how to do this meditation. You go through the meditation and, um, and you do this. You need to be able to do this. You can start with 10 minutes every day if you want, you know, whatever works for you and move on. You're going to have to find a time that works for you. So I describe this whole process in the book and I describe what I do. So in very short, what I do is I meditate every morning and I meditate. I get up typically somewhere between 4.30 and 5.30 and I meditate for 90 minutes to two hours without fail. And the, what you need to be able to do and you'll be taught to do this is you need to go into absolute silence and stillness in your meditation. And when you do that, you're reaching out to, now I'll call it the divine. 
So you're reaching out to the divine and the um, vibrational frequency of uh, the universal consciousness of the divine is so heightened that you cannot feel it until you start to break down these bondages of the ego. And so um, at about seven months, so you'll go through this process where you will be building new brain cells impressed with new knowledge at the top of your head. And as you do that, at some point, you'll start to feel a little opening. I didn't know what that was. It just felt kind of strange. As that opening grew, I finally figured out, oh, that's what's going on is I'm having this opening, but not really knowing what that is. At some point, so now, after about a year, that opening grew from just a little tiny spot to you could put a bowl over my head, you know, as if you're doing a bowl haircut. So my entire top of my head. And um, the spiritual energy would flow into me and flow into my head initially. And then it would flow into my head and my chest. Then it would go down, you know, either both sides of my body or one side of my body and up the other side. And this is very um, pronounced and it's, it's difficult to describe, but it is this amazingly inflow of energy. And then eventually um, it's centered in my solar plexus. So now the spiritual energy you you feel your your feelings are emanate from your solar plexus and you think with your brain so it comes so typically it comes into my brain into my solar plexus and in my chest that's where i mostly feel it right now and it depends on the meditation and every day is different now we all know there's seasons so there's you know fall, winter, spring, everything goes through seasons. People go through seasons. You have, you know, periods of, um, you know, where you think you're stuck and you're still, you're, you know, you're not moving ahead. You'll have times when there's everything seems to be falling into place. Your spiritual journey will also have seasons. You will come into a spring where you have new spiritual energy. You will experience the blossoming and then the harvest and the slowly dying away to a winter. And you're going to go through those cycles. Everything in materialized form has, has um, these seasons. And so you may go through a period when you're not feeling any of this, but know that you are always in connection. And if you keep the faith and you keep meditating and you keep your process up, you will blossom into this spiritual spring that will be greater than what you've ever experienced in the past. And um, so I describe this process in that last chapter of my book, what I went through, I describe a year after I described some of my meditations and uh, what I experienced and everyone should keep a spiritual uh, journal. Mm-hmm. So when you come out of meditation, write things down, you're not going to remember them necessarily. And um, so I had two meditations about a year after I started this process and both of them were the same in that I was just filled with this spiritual energy. Oh, let me back up. So you'll go through different levels of consciousness. So as you awaken, you will um, go from a lower level of consciousness and you go through varying levels. And sometimes that'll be a really smooth transition and sometimes, excuse me, and sometimes it'll be um, harder to make those shifts or you might not be able to make those shifts and they are pronounced. But when you are in a really high frequency of vibration, um, you open yourself up to very clear 
directions and messages from the divine. And um, so a year after I started this process, I went into these two meditations about a week apart. And when I was in it, like, we don't have the language to describe this. Like we materialized human form. We just do not have the language. It is. It was so amazingly beautiful. I felt like I just want to stay in this state no matter what. I, I didn't care what happened to my body. I didn't care what pain I had. I didn't care what misery there was. It was just, I just want to stay here forever. And that's possibly getting close to what we're going to return to and probably even greater. But it was just so incredibly amazing. And when you go through this process, and if you can manage to not doubt and keep stick with it, when you get this inflow of energy, you will know that what you know is true. Mm-hmm. And so I, you know, the earth is in this new dispensation of energy and um, people are more spiritually op- or people are more open to spirituality and younger people in particular seem to be more open to looking at these things. And I can tell you that, you know, you are here, your soul is on a journey of many lifetimes, many different genders, many places of origin, um, you know, different educational uh, experiences, uh, uneducated or highly educated. You're going to go through poor times, you're going to go through wealthy times between lifetimes, you're going to be, you know, a doctor, you're going to be living on the streets and begging on other lifetimes. And you, it's because your soul is coming here to learn specific things and you need to learn those things in order to advance spiritually. When you can transcend your ego in a lifetime, whether it's this one or a future one, then when you leave this world, you'll be able to step into the light and you will not have to be reincarnated again. But while we're here, we're learning. And so a year after, I know exactly why everybody does what they do. I, it's, I know the mechanisms that are involved. I know why they say what they say. I know why they feel what they feel. And I am totally disconnected from it. It doesn't really bother me. I don't judge people. I know everybody, your soul is equal to everybody else's soul. And this facade that we have, this materialized form that we have in the ego is for our soul to learn the lessons it needs to learn. So you have to be able to understand what is it that I need to cleanse? And then you need to understand the process of how to cleanse it. And then you need to understand what are the golden qualities of divine consciousness and then rebuild your consciousness and those things. And there's a process for it and there's explanations for it. And you need to take this up and read it and understand it and learn it yourself. And so I've crafted this book so that it builds people's awareness so that everybody's on the same page. Then I introduce them to this information. Uh, Hopefully I've gotten them to a point by reading my book in the stages that it's built where they're open to receiving this information and looking at it to make a decision for themselves. And so that's why I say, read my book cover to cover, understand the process, make sense, then go back and start with step one. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, how can I reply to that? There's just so much, (laughs) but it's so good. (laughs) 
that was a great overview. And like you said before, everyone's on their own path. Everyone's in different places and all of it's completely good and no one's better than somebody else and no one's journey. I mean, we're all on different paths in different parts of our lives and our spiritual journey. And like you said, I mean, whether it's with your book or other people are having their own spiritual awakening or whatever, you have to do it at your own pace, honor yourself, honor the journey and also meditate on it. I know we covered a lot. It sounds like your book covers a lot. For people that are listening to this kind of material for the first time, this might be like really overwhelming. And then others are very familiar with this stuff. Um, take what you can. Take your time. Um, research stuff. Feel it. I think there's a balance of researching, reading things like your book. Um, I've been in a huge information learning part of my spirituality, just learning about terms, you know, consciousness, 3D plane, vibrations, meditation, chakra colors, like you were talking about, the opening of your head, the crown chakra. I mean, you know, and then taking time to just no, no materials, no books, no anything, just sitting with yourself in silence and things will start to come through. So it's about balance and there's so much information out there right now. And like you said, there's so many people awakening. So this podcast, of course, comes at just the perfect time. Um, there's so much I could reply to, but I, I just thank you for sharing all this. I, I hope that people's interests are piqued and especially people that maybe have been doubting, like you said, we've been given intuition for a reason and we tend to doubt it. Um, but that's the beauty, like you said, of just sitting in silence, just see what comes to you. Things will come, whether it's colors or feelings or thoughts or dreams or things start coming through when you, you open up. So whatever's supposed to come through will come to you. I mean, stick with it, like you said, too, because you can be blocked at times. I have blockages all the time. And then other times I feel super open and things will come through. So be patient with yourself. Um, but there's so much out there. It's so vast. <laughs> it's incredible. And I, I really love the aspect of this particular episode because I haven't, you know, gotten too deep into the scientific part of it, but it does. It helps kind of bring like a tangible piece to it. Um, it's fascinating. Yes. Well, and you know, um, life is really a journey within, you know, it's, you need to find something that is going to work for you and make sense for you. But that journey has to be within. Yes. And you've got to go deep inside. And, you know, so you will get messages. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, they're very clear whether, you know, wherever they're from, whether they're from the divine, whether they're from Joshua, whether they're from somebody else. And, you know, so one thing that I struggled with, well, how do I know it's not my ego? And how do I know it's from the divine or Joshua? And the one thing that I have learned is that if it's from love, it's from the divine or Jeshua or another master. If it is selfish, greedy, narcissistic, denigrating, you know, I could, I could list a number of things. It is not. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, a year after I started this process and had this awakening, I just, I, I woke up. And it was, you know, like my depression completely gone. 
like not a, 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 a single speck of depression. And I had this gratitude for everything that I owned. And I've amassed, we've amassed a number of things over a lifetime. Everybody does in this consumer driven world. And, you know, you buy things that at the time you think are great. And then, you know, they go in some closet or the garage or somewhere attic. And um, it's just like, I'm just getting rid of everything that I'm not using. I'm just, I'm happy to other people to have it. Just give it away. And, you know, no matter who you run into, um, you are here not to please God. You are here to express God. And an expression of God is love, unconditional love, no matter what anybody is doing. And what you see and what you believe and what you perceive is just a reflection of your beliefs. So if you can understand that whatever you're experiencing is just because that's due to your thinking and your beliefs, and you understand the process to actually change those, um, you know, positive thinking is great, but positive thinking will leave most people fairly dry because it, it, it ends there. But it, when you know that um, you can use those techniques of positive thinking, but when you can actually change how you think and what you think, then you open yourself up to the divine and you are not alone. You will have assistance in doing it. Um, so. But what you have to do is you have to be open to it and you have to come to this information, like I said, like a little child full of wonder and joy and no prejudgments. And if you can do that, you have the opportunity to learn a process that you can transform your life. And I can tell you, you will never look back. Wow. Nicely said. Yeah. That resonates with me for sure. And uh, it's interesting couple of things you said like synchronicities you start to notice stuff like that too um like you're talking about looking through a child's eyes and i've been talking to a, a former guest and a friend of mine who's saying he's getting that channeled through look at things from a child's eyes perspective that's interesting just talking about that and then you said that so there's a lot of stuff like i don't know just similarities coming through Maybe that's just a sign for me right now, but I mean, I mean, just pay attention to synchronicities in your life. And I think probably I can just guess that you've probably had a lot of synchronicities in your spiritual journey. Those are probably signs or things coming through affirmations that you're on the right path and, um, you know, helping direct your attention to certain areas. So like you said, just being open and uh, gratitude is a huge thing. I think a lot of people also in the spiritual journey, same here, just I find myself in more moments of gratitude than I've ever felt in my life and just simplicity and not wanting things as much, even just with Christmas coming up. Like I don't want a lot of things and gifts. Like it's not fulfilling. Like I'd rather just simplify my life and there's so much freedom that comes with that. So much freedom. So it's, it's a hard path. We're here as humans and we've been conditioned in society and there's a lot of ego, but at the same time we have always have the ability to connect to source and divine energy and love. It's within us. It's around us at all times. So comes back to consciousness, being conscious and able to do that, right? So it's harder said than done sometimes, but uh, the more you practice, I think you can get into a groove of it. Um, so... 
really. Yeah, I think for, so I think for me, it was the understanding, having this scientific information that could be melded with the spiritual. Yeah. And that's what made the difference. And then having a very clear process about what I need to do, what steps do I need to take? Sure. So this I've outlined in the book mm-hmm. and by doing that in a, you know, kind of methodical way with the reason for why are we doing it? Mm. You know, the reason there's lots of people that say, well, there's many different reasons for you to meditate. And sure there might be, but the real reason for meditation is to connect with the divine. Mm-hmm. Totally. That's the real reason for meditation. And you can only do that through going through silence and stillness. And, and so, you know, you're, if you go through this process and you have this awakening, obviously, you know, nothing happens overnight and these new insights will come to you and these new things will come to you in messages may come when you're sleeping, may come when you first wake up in the morning, may come through your meditation, may come in moments of inspiration when you're not thinking of anything else. And what you have to do is you have to learn to assess it. And, you know, is it coming from love? And then you have to be able to act without doubting what you've heard. And you may be directed to take an entirely different uh, direction in life. Mm -hmm. And you have to be able to trust and let go and know that, you know, you are protected and maintained in love, perfect love. And if you're directed to do something different, then that's what you need. That's what you should be doing to have that spiritual growth. And it may be to quit your job. It may be to move to South America. It may be, who knows? It could be anything. So you have to be able to trust it and do it. And, uh, and you'll know when you, when it's right for you, you're going to know. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, definitely. Wow. So it's very, very nice conversation. Um, do you have anything else before we close that you'd like to share with anyone? I just think that, um, so what I want to do is I want to help change the consciousness of the world. And if we can do that individually, cause it has to happen as an individual, there's no one else. You can't shop it out. You can't phone it in. You got to do it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And if we can do that over time, we can teach our children. And over time we can create this new era of love and peace throughout the world. And, and it's going to happen. And in the future, the division will not be between the wealthy and the poor. It's going to be in consciousness. And, um, you know, if you're ready, I say, you know, pick up my book, uh, pick up other books, but if you pick up my book, read it cover to cover, decide whether it's going to work for you. It's laid out methodically and, uh, you know, I've gone through a process to do it in a way which I believe will be helpful to people. And uh, if it doesn't work for you, pass the book on to somebody else. Sure. Yeah. And I actually respect you for saying that because one of the books that, you know, prompted my spiritual awakening was Eckhart Tolle's Power of Now and A New Earth. And I, I can't remember which one he says that, but he says, if this isn't resonating with you, you know, you can stop reading. You have to be ready for it. So, yeah, check it out. And if it's not right for you, it may not be the right time, and that's okay. But um, I think there's a lot of people that will be ready for it. There's a lot of people interested in this topic right now. So um, 
reminder to everybody, it's called A Higher Road by D. Neil Elliott. And um, where can people find you online and where can they find the book? So the book is available on Amazon or in local bookstores. You may have to order it through your local bookstore, but on Amazon, and it's in all your favorite formats, hardcover, paperback, ebook. Um, my website is dneilelliot.com. So that's D-N-E-I-L-E-L-L-I-O-T-T.com. And um, under my book, there's an opportunity, if you want, you can uh, request the first chapter for free. I will send that to you in PDF and you can read it. It tells you about the structure of the book and what you're going to learn. Um, and uh, once you've completed reading the book, um, you have access as a free PDF to this material, which is quite large, but it's worth, um, it's worth reading. It's worth pondering. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for writing this book and putting the message out uh, into the world. And thank you for, for being here and, uh, for your courage to share your story. And my pleasure. Thank you. And, uh, and uh, together, you know, hopefully we're making a difference and we're helping people uh, move forward. Yeah, I think so. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff happening and there's more good to come. It's, it's a slow process, but it's happening. So, yeah. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, you can find me online at lauren.live or on my Instagram at Live. We'll put um, Higher Road uh, and uh, all the information in the description of this episode so that you can find uh, the book easily. Thanks so much.